Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. So the previous episode ended up being about grief, about survivors of suicide and the stigma that they face. And this episode was important because of the timing of it. Y'all, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that it began as a suicide prevention resource. So uh, there was a 19-year-old young woman who died by suicide uh, the the week immediately after my one week off of Instagram. And while I was going to come on and just talk through the last stages of my isolating healing process, it just felt more... I felt called to bring someone on to talk about what the survivors of the person who died by suicide would be experiencing because this person uh, was younger and high school students knew her and the community itself has been affected by it. And so it's one thing to deal with a death in the school system because the teachers are there. But what about at home, especially when we're talking about high-risk communities and lately I've been learning about trauma and I'm I'm seeing things that I consider to be normal as what they are now which are various traumas and so it really called to me to do something for this young lady so the only way that I know her is through some of the people that we train at the gym and there were three different teachers that, or yeah, three different clients that were connected to this young lady. And so um, I, I just thought it would be a good idea to create something that would give the kids what they needed, um, which is hopefully something that the teachers are able to send to the parents. So uh, that that bridge of communication is connected um, rather than the children being, and I, I say children, but I should say students, the students, when they go home, you know, being treated like this is just a normal thing or not being allowed to grieve. So that's what that was about. And I felt like that was way more important than me talking about um, myself, <laughs> in all honesty. So um, yeah, I, if you haven't already listened, that is a really great episode to support ourselves in understanding grief and understanding what it means to survive a suicide if you're someone who knows someone who died by suicide or if you uh, know someone who knows someone who's died by suicide or you think that someone may be grieving and you may need to grieve like that is an amazing episode that gives you insight to what grief is now coming into this podcast episode. So we missed a week. And during that week, uh, I decided to just do that instead of talk about my experience. And I'm glad I did because I've had some more realizations along the way uh, throughout my process of growing as a person. And um, I mentioned that I took a week off of being on my H on my chest social media accounts and during that week I worked more as a personal trainer I did more journaling I did more of my uh, yoga teacher training and in that time of just spending more time with myself and figuring out what my natural state of emotion is I learned that 
I am not a needy person. For a while, I thought that I was addicted to being needed. And I mean, you know, I still sort of struggle with that. But when I put it in the perspective um, with different conversations that I've had lately, it seems to transform and evolve that that sentence itself to being that as a human being, I have needs, <laughs> you know, and so um, my needs have subconsciously been driven by my inner child. So what I felt I didn't have as a child is what I pursue as an adult. And for example, uh, I've spoken about the the feeling of being in an emotionally intense intense situation or uh, any type of emotionally intense interaction, relationship, situationship, whatever it is that you want to call it. And so that's something that came from not having the freedom to express my own emotion. So in repressing or having to repress my own emotion, I didn't know what I felt. There was no real language for it. And oftentimes I think that what I felt was maybe uh, fear or disappointment. And so now what's happening is I'm seeing disappointment all around me. And I talked about how it isn't me getting excited that leads to disappointment. It's me having expectations that leads to disappointment, right? So I've done a much better job over the last few weeks in being intentional rather than expecting. So to me, when I'm aware of what my intention is, I'm focused on myself. I'm focused on how I can show up, what I need to do on my end in order to meet the need myself. And sometimes that just looks like asking for what you want from another person or with another person. And there's there's this fine line between getting your needs met and then being needy, right? So to me, what being needy looks like is when you're operating from an unconscious space where you're not very intentional in your communication or your interactions. Like you're going to, you already have this need, no matter what, you are going to try to get that need met. So for me, that looks like finding myself in the situation where uh, I hear from people regularly who may be newly diagnosed or in panic mode and the intensity of that emotion, while it may be negative, is still an intense, uh, yeah, an intense emotion, right? And on the other end of the spectrum, if we want to go into the positivity, it's like hearing, thank you, oh my God, your podcast saved my life. So operating from that place and then when it's not there for a while, when I'm not getting any kind of those messages, I notice that maybe that's when I go to my phone a little bit more. Maybe that's when I start to respond to Instagram stories with an emoji or initiating conversation. How are you? What's going on? And that has come off as being needy to me, right? Whereas getting my needs met. So I know that I have this internal need to connect with people and to just experience emotions. Now, going back to what my natural emotional state is, I, 
it's very um it's 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 very reflective i don't have the word yet but i know where i am i know how to identify what i'm feeling in the moment right so understanding what i feel and then knowing what my need is i'm able to see where my i'm able to call forth my intention right so i have a need for connection right so i have a need for physical touch my need for physical touch does not have to be sexual maybe you know maybe it does maybe it doesn't but if i know that okay i'm feeling disconnected and i need to feel a sense of connection then i can from a place of intention ask for ask to be um ask to touch right and here's how it can show up so if i'm intentional about it it can look like uh being healthy it can look like being consensual it can look like uh like like a hug for instance maybe a hug or maybe asking for platonic cuddling or uh asking if you can give someone a massage these kinds of things so it's coming from a place of intention it's not creepy it's not needy whereas if i were to repress this or not even think about it it could look like inappropriate touching it could look like uh lingering creepy physical contact touching um it could look like being in someone's personal space that's how i look at it now where it's intentional versus being unconscious so now we have getting a need met with intention consciously and then we have being needy and you're uh constantly looking for that thing unconsciously and it's just coming out in like a an unhealthy way for you, right? And this is what and that that's a real example for me. So I'm a personal trainer and at any point if I'm operating unintentionally, I could inappropriately touch clients or I could make clients uncomfortable because we train a lot of women, right? So it's important to be intentional about that and understand, okay, well I have this need for physical touch. So I I I know that I need to be able to express these uh needs with intention so that it doesn't spill over into that and therefore affect my work, right? So uh I I challenge you to look at that. Like where could you be what are your needs? How can you be intentional about getting your needs met uh without feeling like you're being needy because that's something that I've struggled with like maybe me asking for something that I want is me being needy is it needy to ask for cuddles is it needy to ask for something especially if it's something that someone wants to accept from you maybe they do maybe they don't and that's okay but there may be uh there there there's all kinds of people in the world and there's so many ways for us to get our needs met right so uh maybe the person you ask doesn't want to give you or allow for you to or receive what it is that you're offering and that's okay we talk about rejection on several episodes of the podcast and people aren't rejecting you as a person as your being as your identity people are declining an offer that's made and that's it so um this is something that i just have to constantly remind myself of because um having recently gone back out into the dating world i find myself self rejecting a lot i won't give myself an opportunity to have my offer rejected and 
this is this is really tricky because we're now getting into so many different elements of what I discovered during my time of just uh, being more by myself, which is good because we're in the time of uh, there's talks about quarantines because of the coronavirus. Um, so good thing I had that week or two where I was journaling and being really introspective because now I know I can be by myself. So anyway, uh, one of the things that I found about myself is that I just haven't had to be in positions to face rejection really, or I've just been really lucky whenever I put my offer out there, I would always wait until the, the hints were there. Like the hints had to be a hundred percent spot on. I had to know that I was going to win the game. Can you imagine what it's like to play a game that you know you're going to win? That's not nearly as fun as being able to take the risks, um, going through, getting beat up, losing sometimes, getting better, progressing. And then it makes like the reward of victory or the desired outcome. It makes you appreciate it a little bit more. And so I look back on a lot of the situations that I found myself in and they've been situations where uh you know I'm unconsciously choosing right so child version of Courtney who had to be the way that he was as a child is unintentionally operating in a way to where he's attracting the same kind of uh love or relationships that he received um that that oh that he received as a kid because that's what he knows, right? So coming from a place of intention, I know that this needs to be different, but it's something that came to me and that inner conflict of intention versus uh, subconscious operating, it's, it's challenging because it's familiar, known, safe versus the unfamiliar yet desired and unknown and that is risky that's where you get into that space of potential rejection and rejection hurts even if you are someone who uh, puts it in the perspective of I'm not being rejected but my offer is being declined or accepted right and so I ask myself um, this question that put everything into perspective for me. So uh, I don't know what everyone's own individual um, beliefs are around the afterlife or God or energy or source, the universe, whatever it is that you want to call it. But if I ask myself, all right, well, why did God make life? The reason to me is that, you know, if God is everything and nothing and all there is and all there isn't then that's a very lonely place to be you know you're not playing this game you're alone it's just you you know everything so the only thing that you can really do is infinitely separate yourself and you know there's a little bit of you in everyone and you're on a path of rediscovery like you're playing the ultimate game of hide and go seek if you're God, right? So you hide yourself in these infinite spaces. Um, and like you look at what life is, life is, there's the cosmos and nature and they have these links together. There's all of the life forms from viruses to 
animals to humans to aliens, whatever the hell it is that you believe, right? So this is a game. Life isn't supposed to be boring per se. We're all on a journey of reconnecting with that piece of us that is God, tapping into our, our superpowers, our purpose, and then living that shit out, right? So with this understanding of having, you know, of, of what God is to me, God wants to play. God wants to have fun. So this is how that happens, right? And so um, I then ask myself, all right, well, what's God's role in this individual form, right? To have fun, to play. So what is it that, what is it that I'm going through that, uh, like, why am I going through what I'm going through for the sake of, like, gamifying it? Yes, it's going to be a struggle. I'm going to deal with rejection. I'm going to deal with acceptance, but... It's about playing the game. If I know I'm going to win, I'm not going to play, right? And not to say that, you know, I, I don't want to make this into uh, a, an immaturity thing or anything where it's like I'm playing with people's hearts. I mean, this this is what I feel like we're all here. We're all here to experience pleasure. Let me say that because I shouldn't say it like it's a game. But the ultimate goal is to experience the pleasure, experience the unknown, experience everything with that sense of newness that uh that we get like we are blessed with everything that is in the unknown being the unknown because if you undo everything that i just said you get to the place of you are alone you know everything there is to know you know and there's there's no there's no one else to experience you so god is essentially experiencing itself and when I look at it as simply as that, it helps me understand, all right, the whole thing about rejection and like why we're here and what we're doing. And uh, it makes it makes all of these problems that I see on a, such a big scale so simple. Right. Not to say that these struggles aren't real, not to say that this is an illusion because, I mean, we feel the effects of it. Um it's it's real in the moment it's real to us like these are our real responses to things right and so to me like that feeling of rejection that <laughs> of being rejected or having my offer decline that hurts like a motherfucker right <laughs> think back to um if you're someone who's listening if you've listened to this podcast over time and uh, you've heard the stories of people talking about their experiences with rejection. Like, it's been a very long time since I've had to feel it. And I, I can honestly say that I still haven't necessarily felt it. Like, I've put my offers on the table with different women in a way that they can't quite say no. They can't quite say yes. Because there's not really... It's It's very unclear and it's vague as fuck. And, like... I'm being very terrible about communicating it because of that fear of rejection. And there's really, there's no, there's no direction that things can go. So everything's just kind of in this space of limbo with me being hopeful that at some point someone's going to move the needle a little bit and I'll know that it's safe to be more direct. So I, in my experience now, like I, I know that I got to quit doing that shit. <laughs> uh, so I don't know I don't know who else is experiencing this or who else may be going through this but 
it's definitely a thing for me and uh i've i've come up with my own way and like i said this is this is us doing the work this is me putting uh doing the work in action where it's practical okay so if i were to narrow down my biggest problem in terms of dating because i've been single for january february march it'll be three months now and um i can't say that i've necessarily dated but uh i've been looking i've been looking to um explore non-monogamy and i think that i might be doing too much in terms of that by looking to be in multiple relationships before i even get into one relationship and I'm looking to be in that kind of intentional, conscious relationship before I've even been dating. So maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe it's good for me to just date and then begin to look for being, explore relationships. But I, I, and then there's the part of me that feels like that's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to the other person to, uh, you know, get to know me. It's the same thing with herpes. Like, I don't want to, at this point, make people get to know me, fall in love with me, and then I have to tell them I have herpes because then it's like, oh, shit, well, I already love you, so I guess. Whereas if I told them that out the gate, they would have just been like, nah, fuck this. Then that would have been better. Like, to me, at least, that, that's better than me having to you know, psych someone into liking me despite this thing that I'm overcompensating for, hoping that they don't see, or they just go, oh, well, in the way of things, herpes is insignificant to how great this person is. That's, that's very, uh, coercive. Ooh, that doesn't feel like the word, right word. It's manipulative. Yeah. And coercion. Coercion is a word. I don't know if coercive is, but um, I, I rambled and I keep doing that, but my greatest thing right now is just self-rejection and I've tried to initiate dating a few times and something that's come up for me a lot is being too much, being overwhelming and one of my best friends, he gave me the best piece of advice throughout our friendship and it was sometimes you just got to know when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that in meeting people, it's not in the best interest of the interaction to go as deep as I do. Like when I'm interviewing podcast guests, I am on all the time and that in itself can be overwhelming because when you're on all the time or when you set the expectation of this is the level of vulnerability and emotional intensity that I'm bringing to the table. I think that pressures people subconsciously and they expect, they put this expectation on themselves that they have to match, they have to match you with that. Like they have to match that intensity. They have to match your uh, personal growth and development and be um, self-aware and have all of their insecurities brought to the table and either have worked through them or be working through them. So I've experienced that a handful of times in just interactions that I would like to have gone 
forward into uh, some level of intimacy or some kind of relationship or even just talking about co-creating the relationships. Like I, I realize that now and it took that time off. It took for me to uh, get my feet wet back out into the dating world for me to realize, okay, this is what I'm doing. I am not shutting the fuck up like I'm supposed to, right? <laughs> um, and I have to say that that means just completely turn myself off or be somebody I'm not but I think it means I get to be myself uh because I I gotta maintain a certain level of professionalism of course whenever I'm doing a podcast I gotta maintain my ethics and values and like when I get to turn this off I or not turn it off but when I get to uh step out of this particular mode and have fun like this person that you're hearing right now is going through their self-reflection this is like super in tune with spirit courtney whereas you know there's courtney that may not be as on as he is right now and then more of like a relaxed state where people just feel like they can be themselves around me so right now it's matching my it's matching my uh my intensity here whereas a little bit of a quieter Courtney like I know people have always said to me oh well you know I just feel like I can be myself around you I feel safe around you and I'm like damn why didn't I think of that shit earlier <laughs> so um that's something that I know that I need to work on for myself and this is again part of doing the work it's intentionally communicating all right I have this need I am going to be intentional about getting this need met. And the example that we used was physical touch. So I can give a massage. Um, uh, I really left out a very important part. And I'll tie this all together. I promise. I shouldn't say I promise. <laughs> Especially given my track record of rambling. I was talking to my friend today, actually. And uh, one of the things that when, when I talk to people... It's important to have conversations first off, like to be able to have safe spaces where you can be vulnerable um, and your friend can be vulnerable and you can just sort of reciprocate that energy with one another. And something that came up for me is how I can begin to heal my self-rejection. And one of the ways I can do so is rather than me expecting uh, out the gate to just be in a non-monogamous relationship, uh, and then like scale back from there is to deal with my self-rejection by ask making little asks make a lot of little asks and get used to hearing yes and get used to hearing no so having my offer accepted and rejected uh to something as small as a hug hey can i have a hug well which is probably the worst time to be trying to experience rejection or acceptance now because coronavirus and uh, isolation, not isolation, um, um, self-disciplining. No, social distancing. That's the word, social distancing. So uh, that is, that's going to be a little more tricky. But even um, like with my needs of exploring voyeurism, there are ways to get that met and just... Being able to ask that, like, to me, sex is a much larger ask now because I'm, because I have herpes, first off, and then being able to have that conversation and 
going through consent, the disclosure, the dating, the setup, and like all of that. But sex shouldn't be as big of an ask anymore. Like I'm not a fucking kid anymore. That's like got to deal with uh, virginities and making sure parents aren't at home. It was so much easier for me to ask for sex when it was harder to get than it is now when it's much more accessible to me than it was when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, right? What sense does this make? Why am I rejecting myself? At what point in my life did I just stop being okay asking for things? Oh, I know, when it got to a point where I didn't have to, I guess. Um, you know, I've, I've considered myself to be somewhat attractive at least. And so whenever there were, I'm, I'm also very oblivious to when I'm being flirted with. And that's something that I don't talk about ever. Um, but I've been very oblivious in the past and that's been pointed out to me recently too. Uh, but I, I just, I know that, um, in the world that, we live in right now. I follow lots of sex educators and women empowerment people on social media, and I see a lot of uh, graphics and conversations around men being creepy or women being like, just because I have a book or I'm out in public in the perfect scenario for you to come strike up a conversation, that doesn't mean come strike up a conversation. Or if I'm out dancing with my friends, don't come try to dance with me. Don't approach me. I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff lately. And it makes me, like, I think I've absorbed so much of it that it makes me believe that that is universally true, if that makes sense. So uh, just seeing things that sort of discourage me from feeling safe in approaching someone and initiating a conversation because the universal narrative that I'm getting is it's not okay to approach women. Like if we want it from what I'm reading, it looks like if women want your attention or if women want to pursue you or interested in you, then they'll let you know. And I know for a fact, because I've talked to other women and I've I'm friends with women who are like, no, I'm not going to do that. You come talk to me. And so there's that conflicting factor also. And it's like, fuck, dude, what what does this mean? Like, if I really want this high value woman who's, you know, all of these different things that I want or uh, some of these things or if I'm going to communicate my intentions and uh, hopes of being able to co-create what it looks like for us to get our needs met with one another where do I go and there's no right or wrong answer there you just gotta take your risk <laughs> you know the women who say this isn't okay um, I mean they're, they're, it's a matter of being respectful right so if a woman is reading a book you probably shouldn't you know talk to her if and you probably shouldn't sit there and stare at her and wait on some kind of a cue either. But here we go. We're in that gray area, right? So if she looks up from her book and smiles at you, then maybe that's an invitation to come say hello. But if she says she's not interested, she's not interested, right? And maybe she looks up and she's like, why is this fucking creep staring at me? And then at that point, you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to do <laughs> because this is as far as it gets. <laughs> This is this is nice to be able to talk through myself um, and hold myself to the uh, 
hold myself accountable for posting this <laughs> because this is literally stuff that well some of it's come up before but some of it has not come up before and I, I feel like even now like I feel myself not being needy in terms of this conversation because my intention has just been to communicate what the work quote unquote looks like when um when you're in it rather than when it's a finished product this is what it can look like it can look like rambling all over the place it can look like thinking you've identified the problem and then along the way of writing it or talking it out realizing that you got five other problems that you need to work on for yourself and that's okay it's okay uh i know that i am actively working on making my little asks um i set up a fet life profile i'm not sure if i'm gonna get back on uh, like Tinder and Bumble and uh, the positive dating sites or whatever. But um, I know that the options are there, so that's cool. But for where I'm at right now, I think that I can just make my little asks. Like if I just want platonic touch, I can ask, hey, can I give you a massage? Or may I have a hug? Uh, if I, I want my sexual needs met, then maybe I can... Um, go on the fet life and find the specific types of sexual acts that I'm looking for and possibly connect with someone and then be able to chat and get to know each other and then meet after quarantine is over. Um, what else? I'm saying like those are my only needs. Or yeah, if I just want to like share space with someone and uh, exchange energy, maybe I want to just talk or reflect and stuff if i want to have these big conversations i think that i have spaces for that as well i just need to ask so making the asks these little asks are going to make what i perceive to be the big asks so much more uh simple to go through with so i don't know if anybody has been struggling with this for themselves or if anyone um out there may be newly dating again and just really unsure where to start but um, I, I encourage you to take a little bit of time and just sort of self-reflect I will say for myself I knew that I was ready to date again once I could articulate what ended my previous relationship and being able to talk through my own personal involvement with the ending of the relationship and then say that I've gone through the reflecting and the healing and I can say to myself okay well here's what I learned so I've learned from my previous relationship the importance of being able to prioritize myself I have not been the kind of person who prioritizes myself and since doing so uh, I've learned that in prior to prior <laughs> <laughs> and prioritizing the needs of the spirit like everything else sort of falls into place so when i say spirit we can talk about that interchangeably as emotions or our energy um i think that energy might be the most universal term right now so in just prioritizing your energetic needs the physical needs are met and that can't be more real <laughs> in any way shape or form than that statement because I'm at a place now where I'm, I'm living it. I'm experiencing it. I'm seeing it. I'm feeling it. And I'm, I'm, I'm ex 
excited. Oh, I'm so scared to say that word because I have been met with so much disappointment because of my expectations. But it's not the excitement that brings about the disappointment. It's the expectation in my experience that brings about the disappointment. And now that I'm being intentional in the things that I can do, that I can control, I think that it's helping me to re minimize my expectations of other people. Wow, that was, a, that was a big sentence and a big breakthrough for me to have realized. Um, closing this out, uh, I, I, I figured it out. <laughs> this is, I, I did the work. The work is going to be ongoing. It's going to continue. I'm going to continue to have things that I need to bring up and address and sort through for myself. But I realize I'm, I'm good by myself and I'm actually sort of looking forward to this quarantine. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in terms of, uh, you know, afterwards, because financially, you know, we lost our sponsor and um, I no longer have my advertising jobs either. So I'm just personal training. And if we can't leave our houses for 14 days and I'm going to uh, have to get innovative with the personal training. So, hey, if y'all need at home workouts, hit me up <laughs> because uh, I got to do something. And I know money's tight for people um, as well, like it'll be for me. So um, we'll figure out a way to make that work for everybody. But yeah, I'm excited to just continue to reconnect with myself. This has been such a lovely process. And I thank you for listening to the podcast and sharing this journey with me and holding me accountable just by continuing to support it to finish the job because um, for a minute I was just wondering like ah, am I learning anything like I sat in here and I tried to record a podcast episode um, before the before episode 122 this should have been 122 but um, it, I, I wasn't feeling it and I'm glad because there were so many other breakthroughs that came through for me after um, that time that I was going to try to record so we got this. This has been beautiful. It's lovely. I feel so um, empowered right now. I'm excited. I'm interested and curious about things and just implementing the things that I just talked about here, being intentional, um, knowing when to shut the fuck up and uh, not necessarily dialing, dialing down my intensity, but just you know, knowing myself outside of just something positive for positive people and giving 100 because this is where I, I meet everybody. So outside of this, like, you know, I can be Courtney. I can be Courtney outside of these two spaces. <laughs> and even if that Courtney's like into some freak shit and into like some kinky things or just maybe like super sexual and I feel like I need to dumb that down even. Um, oh, there it is. I found myself so like I I dumbed down the sexual aspect of myself in doing the podcast and in personal training and these are the two environments that I'm in damn near 24 7 and then when I'm by myself I guess I get to sleep <laughs> like I fall asleep or uh, I'm exploring my own sexuality and the ways that that can look for a 31 year old single man who just started living by himself and has been out of a relationship for three months yeah. All right. That's it. 
So this concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Um, I have no feedback from people in regards to these solo episodes. I think someone told me that they liked one of them, and I have no idea what I talked about. So maybe this will be that same kind of situation where people are like, yeah, I can relate. That was good. Or people are be like, Courtney, I don't know what the fuck you just said to me. But to me, this was a demonstration of what it looks like to do the work while you're in the work. Uh, it's very jumbled. There's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of uh, challenging yourself. But I strongly encourage you to do so. And if you got something out of this or if you need help with doing it, um, you know, I, I don't have like any sort of rates for conversations or anything but if you want to talk we can i just ask people to share the podcast or maybe um to share their story on the podcast or make a donation to the nonprofit or become a patreon subscriber um i don't believe in doing the uh like however many minute coaching calls if i'm available to talk i'll talk to you um i just ask that you show your support for what something positive for positive people is and what it's doing and um we just keep it going into what it's going into we're te- we're uh teaching people and giving them the tools to navigate stigma all across the board uh to just make it irrelevant to the various communities that are experiencing some sort of stigma uh just for existing and having um whatever happened happen that made them become stigmatized all right y'all till next time stay positive